City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. And the crowd goes wild! <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate, and today we're overflowing with the festive New Year celebration. Woo! This is Jen Justice! Woo! Yeah. Coming in hot! And I am Eric Jurgensen, and... It's January 1st, 2024. Let's all give ourselves a big round of applause for surviving another year. Way to go. Excellent. All right. Well, it is today's dream where we are going to recap what's been going on in the real estate market here locally in Kansas City. A little bit of national news. Update you on some things that are going on in our own personal businesses and go where the wind takes us. Blowing good today. Nice day here in Kansas City, Missouri. Unseasonably warm it is. All right. I hope it continues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's uh, let's do what we normally do. At least at this is let's recap some stats. Of course, the uh, December stats aren't out, so we always have to kind of go back an extra month and recap what's going on. Uh, what we've seen in the real estate market. So let me just give you the greater Kansas City metro area stats, uh, and then Jen will drill us into a couple of counties. Uh, But what we've seen is we've seen a very slight decrease in the percent of uh, original amount asked for homes, uh, a 0.3% decrease. We're at 97.1%. Uh, We've seen days on market grow pretty significantly, 37. We want to talk about that again because we want to remind you 37 days on market is not very long. And we'll we'll get into some of the things that uh, we see uh, some agents or maybe being driven by their uh, sellers uh, that are doing that we don't think is very wise. Um, We have seen the month supply, the inventory go up, which is good because we've had this huge supply and demand. We're at two months right now, 2.1 to be exact, in the greater Kansas City metro, which is great. We'd like to be above three, um, but it's a lot better than the 0.7 we were seeing a year ago. Sales price is up, right, as expected. Uh, None of this has affected housing values and sale price. The average sale price, Kansas City metro, $361,000. We've got... uh, Inventory total is down a little bit uh, from uh, December the year before, uh, but uh, overall uh, we've seen some some slow recovery. And of course, you know we'll talk a lot about interest rates coming up. But let's dive into some of the specific counties. Jen, what are you seeing? Yeah, so right here in our backyard, Clay County, of course, not that far off of what Eric just went over for you. Um, but you know. We're looking at the closed sales year-to-date for November uh, being a little bit less than it did, down about 20% from last year, 3398 And we're looking at that average sales price up 7% approximately from last year to 353631 So, you know, we talk a lot about the average home, if you will. And in this area, we kind of consider that the three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage. That could be a split entry. That could be a reverse. Those tend to be a little bit more reverse, or a ranch tends to be a little bit more expensive. But when we talk about kind of that average average home, 
we are thinking about 350 and gosh i can remember when that number was 150 200 250 but now that average number for kind of that uh starter home almost if you will is three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and that's not too far off of what eric just talked about um so you know the market is leveling out a bit um i, I think tell you what let me let me talk about what's going on in johnson county kansas real quick oh let me hit days on the market for you all right what's days on the market days on market in uh clay county have went from 18 days last year wow to 34 days this yeah, year so uh that's an increase of uh, 89 percent yeah better for buyers while i'm talking about johnson county kansas uh why don't you go take care of that background noise that i bet you our listeners is hearing right now oh sorry about that listeners that's all right we'll get it fixed um johnson county kansas right so uh, uh prolific as a general rule uh so what we've seen um is uh, we've seen um, uh, a less homes being sold, which would match sort of our inventory issue, right? So it's about 20% less homes sold uh, year to date uh, in 2023 over 2022. We have seen the average sales price go up significantly from 487 to 523 in Johnson County, 7.4% increase. The uh, other telling thing that we're going to kind of get around to is, again, days on market. And it's gone from 19 to 32. So it's a little bit swifter than Clay County. Um, and let's take a look at one more. What do you got? Maybe uh, maybe Platt? Uh, I got Platt, but let's talk about Jackson just because there's okay. a little bit more of an affordability piece for sure. um, some of the listeners out there. Because your average sales price in Jackson County right now is 293495 And that has not been as swift in appreciation as some of our other areas. Probably for multiple reasons, and Kansas City may be a large part of that, but... Um, You've got a little bit more of, you know, an opportunity, if you will, where that is 293. Um, you got about the same days on the market, 24 days on the market last year, up to 36. So that's about a 50 percent. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and then we were talking about uh, how many sales have closed down there. Now, that is uh, gone down from 10,848 last year to 9,386 this year, a decrease of about 13%. Right. So we're seeing across the board a couple of trends, uh, less home sales this year compared to last and year to date compared to last year to date, which fits with our tight inventory and higher interest rate um, uh effects, if you will. Uh, you know, the one thing I'll point out about Kansas City is uh, right after the pandemic, when the market started to explode again, Kansas City actually had the biggest percentage jump change. They were up like in, in one year, like 22% of average sales. So, And of course, Kansas City proper, the city itself, has a larger percentage of older homes, a larger percentage of smaller homes built uh you know, uh, certainly the, the pre-World War II stuff, but also the post-World War II, uh, you know, so the smaller homes, I can just think of neighborhood after neighborhood in Kansas City. They're going to do something with Parade Park. So if yeah, you are interested yeah. in the Parade Park, uh, the city bought it for like a dollar or something, and there's going to be a developer come in, and they are trying to preserve the homeowners that were in there. I'm excited about it from a home ownership perspective. Um, I've actually talked to several of the city council people about, you know, it's your move and ignite and some other things where maybe we can educate some people and really, really do something with this. And yeah. I'm hopeful for that opportunity. Well, we're going to, we should talk about those during the podcast, those two programs. But, uh, what I, the point I was trying to make is is that that Kansas City homes aren't necessarily valued less. They're typically smaller and older, 
which if you had the same smaller and older homes uh, all through, you know, uh, Johnson County, uh, which you don't because it's 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 newer, uh, then then they likely would have lower values as well. So that's one of the things. Yeah, Kansas you know. City's charter is like from the – or I say charter. I think it's been updated. But the uh, seal is like from the 1800s. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so all the original stuff is within the city limits. I'll hit Platte County real quick. Um, you know, they have seen a huge decrease from 1807 in sales last year all the way down now to 1,376. So wow. they saw – that was, you know, sales year to date. Uh, so that's down 24% from that's last big. year. Yeah. So that's quite significant. I, I, one of the reasons is probably value, um, and your average days on the market is is actually more in Platte County as well. One of the reasons is probably because their average sales price is now $438,375. Uh, it's sticking with that 7% appreciation, though. So we saw that kind of on a lot of the different um, right. ones that we've been speaking about. And, you know, historically, when things have been normal, your 7 to 10% appreciation in this area is gospel. That's what we've had yeah, here for in decades, yeah. generations. So this says that we are kind of getting back to more of that normal appreciation cycle, um, you know. And then lastly, the uh, the days on the market, did I already go over that, 24 to 41? No, you didn't. So 41, that's, and so I was alluding to that. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was alluding and telling you that maybe based on that higher sales price and obviously higher interest rates, uh, it takes a little longer to sell things that are more expensive. That's just yeah. kind of the yeah. way it is. That's all. So yeah, there's your Platte County wrap. Way it's been. And so a couple of interesting things, because I know if you listen to the podcast, you've heard us talk about uh, the national average for home appreciation, which is three to five percent. And so you just mentioned it's more like seven and even higher. And that's in Kansas City, in the Kansas City metro. Uh, we've, you know, still to this day, you compare us to the coasts and we're undervalued. One of the things that's happening to bring value up uh, that the pandemic pushed us further along is uh, is remote work. And remote work allows people to kind of uh, choose uh, where they want to live based on a variety of factors, including affordability. And we're still incredibly affordable, even though for those of us living here over a period of time, it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse. If you had lived on one of the coasts, there's a good chance you'd be like, wow, that's really, I can buy, you know, I can buy that, like what we would call a very substantial home, uh, maybe even, you know, very wealth driven home. And the, the same thing would buy them the three two, you know, in uh, you know, in San Bernardino or wherever. So uh, we, we've seen a lot of that. I want to talk a little bit about days on market, and I want to, for, especially for our listeners that might be considering listing their homes, I think it's really important that we set your expectations, that your agent sets your expectations properly, because this is, I'll be honest, this is, I think. Uh, a mistake I'm seeing um, uh, with some of the properties that we've been looking at with some of our buyers. We went through a period of, I don't know, let's call it two years, where pretty much if you said, I have a house for a set, before you could get the word sale out, you had offers. And what that did is created this environment where people are having to put offers inside and seeing and get above asking price and all of these things. And I think a lot of People, agents included, have forgotten the fact that your standard home prior to the pandemic um, could easily be on the market for 30 days, which means it wouldn't close for 60. 
Um, and, and so that days on market total would that be That even 60. was uncommon, quite frankly. Right, so, and, and even longer. Yeah. And so what I've seen, I think, uh, at least I perceive what I've seen, is, is that some homes are going on the market and then somebody is panicking because they weren't sold in the first weekend. And they're um, uh, l- taking lower offers and, and that kind of stuff. So be very wary of your expectations and the expectations that your agent is setting for you um, because it's not the end of the world if it takes 30 or more days to sell your property. Now, people in, as we were mentioning, in in sort of luxury high-end homes, that's always been a thing, even through the pandemic. I mean, you're not going to sell a $2 million home, most likely, for a few months um, and maybe even longer. And certainly we talk about um, the, you know, the two Used to be year to year. Yeah. I mean, and, and those are conversations you still have to have just because there's a limited number of buyers and they become incredibly particular at that financial level, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, don't panic if you are looking at a home going, uh, I want to put this on the market, but I'm, it might take, you know, four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks. Oh, my. I mean, that's that used to be very commonplace. will probably become commonplace again. Uh, it really we we talked about it so often about how uh, the, the the market was no good uh, for buyers. Sellers had their own stresses, but it was just terrible for buyers. And and to level this out makes it easier for buyers to have a lot of confidence. People that wouldn't enter the market because they just won't enter that fray without their own protections and their own ability to to cogitate and double check and all of that. So these are all good things, but let's not panic the other way. Yeah. And I still talk to a lot of buyers that just don't feel like there's enough inventory for them to pick from. So, you know, and when you do a search in particular areas, there's still not a plethora of homes. I mean, you used to be able to plan four weekends of showings. Yeah. I mean, you used to be able to do that. That's not the case now. You probably have 10 to 15 homes in a particular area that you might want to look at. Um, And you could look at those all within the same week or two weeks. And now, kind of more than likely, you could go back and look at them more than once, where that was not the case for several years. And now we have an opportunity to breathe a little bit. Now, that's not every home. Because there there are are still still definitely houses that come out that are... Man, creme de la creme, they've done what it is. They're 350 or 400, which is where your median is in a lot of places. That 350 number, that means the most buyers are buying in that. And that thing comes out and there's a line out the door again. And all of a sudden you're like talking to the agent. Your client loves the house just like every other client. And then we're in a four and five offer situation again. Now they used to be 10 to 20. Yeah, so we're in four to five. But you st- it's still this market is still not quite cycled all the way out. So if you are a buyer or a seller in this market, those conditions can still exist for you. All right. So that's kind of what's going on. And just kind of a word to the wise, if you're going to list your home, obviously, if you want some specifics about what we think is going to go on with your particular home, just reach out to Jen or I. We'd be happy to talk to you to do a a market analysis on it and tell you what we know about what's going on in the various neighborhoods. Let's go bigger picture for a minute. And let's talk about what's going on with interest rates, because interest rates are by far the thing that drives housing the most, uh, at least traditionally. They are and jumping around right now. They are jumping around. And I mean, we've gone from eight to seven to six to I even heard a five. I heard a five under certain conditions. Um 
heard a 5.25 to be exact. I think they must have been putting down a lot of money and everything else. That loan officer uh, shared it with me. I think they capitalized right in the middle of something, actually. Yeah. So big, I would have a feeling it's back up to around six. Big chunk of, big chunk down, shorter notes. Those are all things that can, can affect your interest rate. But the Fed, the Federal Reserve chairman, uh, just this last month, uh, they did not raise interest rates. Uh, and more importantly, they announced that the current expectation is to lower interest rates three times in 2024. Now, they didn't tell us how much, friends. So it's right. But anybody's guess. Is it going to be a... Uh, a quarter basis point is it gonna? What is it gonna be? We don't know. So. So, but um, but let's talk about just sign kind of that in general, and then we'll talk about maybe what it might impact you, particularly as a buyer. Uh, the the first thing is uh, just remember not to get too terribly technical about this. Uh, the prime lending rate or the interest rate they're talking about uh, doesn't directly affect mortgages; it indirectly affects them. It affects something that affects treasury bills, that affects mortgage rate. It doesn't matter. All right. And then guess what? The mortgage company has influence over this, too, because they decide how much money they want to make. So there's so many factors, friends. Yeah. But don't get all caught up in that, because ultimately, we want you to have your dream Rate home. rates are going to probably come down, assuming the Fed sticks to their plan. Now, And, and by the way, if you were wondering why the interest rates were raised, if it was, it was very simple, is they were trying to combat uh, inflation and keep us out of a recession, which at this point they've successfully done. They did do that. So uh, these are why all these things are going on. Um, and when we start seeing trends of these rates coming down, uh, this is going to be great for real estate, for people who have been holding off um, either selling or buying a home. Um, and, and we kind of want to talk about... Um, because the math in you says, the, the, the logical brain says, okay, look, if they're going to lower rates three times, I'm going to wait until they're as low as they're going to get, and then I'm going to wade into the market. Theoretically sounds good, however. How, there, there's, a, there's a handful of howevers there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and let's not construe this as Jen and Eric trying to push you into the market. Right. Uh, Listen, and there's a lot of factors, but let's just tell you from a seasoned perspective, my 20 five-ish years now and Eric's almost five so here we are and you know we've got a little seasoning on us we have seen this a time or two so what there's a couple of things that are going to happen and the first uh, that are likely to happen mm -hmm. let's be you know be careful about predicting the future and by the way we're not the only ones saying this so if you go to any of your tiktok real estate or your <laughs> insta reels or whatever however you consume this jokester of a real estate transaction you know the the as the interest rates lower more people are going to enter the market we still will suffer the nature of our inventory problem uh, because they're going to come in as both buyers and sellers. So unless the sellers that were locked in at 3% and less are going to jump in the market, and they're the last ones likely to jump in for that reason, uh, we're still going to have an inventory shortage. And that inventory shortage is going to push, pri push prices up. And it's going to increase competition as more people come in. So yeah, what happens when uh, the increase in demand? What what happens when yeah, supply demand, and demand increases? There's like a simple. Does the price go up? Yeah. So yeah. then that lower interest rate, how does that work out? It's hopefully works out better still, but so the, the price goes up, competition goes up, 
get back to multiple offers is a, is a distinct possibility. Days on market shortening again, distinct possibility. And so the counsel is, is, is if you're looking for uh, a better interest rate before you jump into the market, particularly as a buyer, once you are convinced that it's going to trend that way, we think you should consider getting in the market if you have enough buying power. And, and the reason is simple. Assuming that you have decent credit, if the rate keeps dropping, you can always refinance. What's mm-hmm. the phrase? Right? Marry the house, but date the rate. Right? You can always dump the rate, get a new rate, assuming, again, you have some pretty decent credit. It doesn't have to be awesome. And if not, we've got friends that can help you with that. Yeah. And, and so it might behoove you from an inventory and a price perspective to get into the market a little bit earlier than might like immediately sound logical, which is I'm going to wait until that interest rate gets back down to, you know, five or four and a half or four or something like that. I don't know if it's going to go that low or not. I would be surprised if it did in 2024. But um, uh, so there, there's other factors. But then here's the one that that I think when we talk about this in the podcast and we talk about the finances is that we fail to talk. I know I talk about it with my clients, but there is a there's an opportunity cost and that opportunity is subjective. If you are in a bad housing situation and you're hanging on to that bad housing situation because of the finances, like I want to be in a better position financially, I guess my question is, how much angst and stress and uncomfortableness is that putting on you and uh, how much is that worth to you? So if like, uh, well, we ended up doing this, that, and the other, and now we're you know living with other family members and we're not going to move out until uh, um, you know the interest rates get back down below five, and I'm like, well, I, are, are you really going to stay in that situation that everybody's unhappy with for another year or two, uh, or is it worth spending a few thousand extra dollars and then refinancing after the rate? drops again. So whatever the housing situation is that's not perfect for you is something that you have to subjectively take into consideration and go, you know, does this make sense? But I think all too often uh, we watch people go down the logic road and they don't go down that quality of life road. Uh, And so we always remind people to factor in quality of life when they're making those decisions about getting in and out of the market. And let's not forget you can pay to the bank of yourself. Well, that's true. I mean, if you're not putting equity down in something, right, even if you're paying a little bit more than you want, uh, you are paying to the bank of you. As a property provider, I don't love this saying, but I do hear it. And that is the interest rate on rent is 100 percent. Yeah, right. So, um, again, I don't love that saying. You have to have somewhere to live is the truth of the matter, whether that's a rental or living with a relative or buying your own property and starting your own bank of wealth in your property. You have to have somewhere to live. That being said, a portion of your payment when you buy a home will go to principal, which essentially is the bank of your equity and a built-in savings account that you can start right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know... And if you're doing any, uh, if you're if you're old like me and doing any retirement planning, you know, equity in your home is a, is a huge factor in uh, you know eventually getting a home paid off, et cetera, et cetera. So, all good financial stuff. Uh, but let's kind of dive into you know it's the new year, and uh, one of the things that uh, 
people do in the new year is they make uh, New Year's resolutions. I call them New Year's revolutions. Uh, do you do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions or any? I don't do resolutions. Right, but do you have anything like that that the new year was the right time to start that you're Yeah, I'm start? definitely looking more at the arena horse facilities that kind of stuff for those of our listeners that know I've been involved in that for multiple years now. I'm kind of starting to get my brain wrapped around it and understand it and I want to take that to the next level. Um, probably buy a new horse at some point this year, hopefully win a buckle sooner than later. Win a buckle? Mhm. Tell everybody what that means. I still haven't won a buckle. So when you win a uh, one of the competitions that you go to and you win a particular division, whether that's the 1D, 2D, 3D, 4D, or an overall, you win an overall buckle there too. There you go. Uh, there is not always because they do cost money to provide as prizes. Um, but when the promoter of the events has chosen, they will award buckles for these events. Very and it's, nice. you know, if you're into the rodeo and you see all those guys with the buckles, that's what that's about. And then if you see the ceremony, the uh, NFR just finished in December in Vegas. But at the end of the ceremony, they get the saddle ceremony and the buckle ceremony. So there's a whole thing to winning these buckles. My daughter has five. She won't let me forget that she has five. <laughs> Five buckles, and I have a big fat goose egg of buckles. Goose egg. Yes. Goose egg. Yes. The, uh, and I'm sure there's so many more goals. You so, know, so I'm pe- a big goal setter. People but. who aren't into equestrian sports and rodeo, and they would equate that to a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. mm-hmm. And there's not very many handed out in equestrian sports because, you know, those those cow people are the real deal and they're tough as nails. So it's not just like you just don't hand out trophies and you just don't hand out buckles. It does not happen. <laughs> they are earned yeah. and they are hard earned. Not everybody gets Especially a if you're a bull rider. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a little bit of a New Year's revolution that uh, actually, if you go out and look, you might have already seen it. Uh, but uh, as much to... Uh, Professionally, Jen's chagrin, uh, sometime uh, last summer, uh, I just dropped out of social media. Uh, I, don't, I don't particularly like social media, um, not really for any of the uses that uh, myself and, and you all would probably typically use it for, but it has some pretty negative societal influences, and it's just not something that I uh, jump into. Yet, it's a great medium for, yeah, sure, to promote our business, but more importantly, as you have listened to this podcast, you know, we're, we're very serious about providing transparency and education, and it's a great medium well beyond this podcast to, to do that. And so finally, uh, kind of, you know, in, in December, as I was kind of thinking about what does the new year bring, I realized uh, I, I owe it to everybody that I say I'm about education and transparency is to continue to provide information in more than just, you know, the podcast medium and other mediums that people pay attention to young people in general, uh, which I think is critical that they have knowledge and understanding of what's going on in real estate. So uh, you probably could go out right now because this is getting it published on uh, noon on January 1st, and there's probably already a post. Uh, and uh, not only uh, am I going to be working on Facebook, but uh, Instagram and TikTok as well. Oh, boy. Eric's getting so on the TikTok. Go look for it. you go uh, look at my TikTok, I just have horse stuff on there. That's the only thing I so, use TikTok for. So uh, it'll be Big Jergy, J-U-E-R-G-O-I.
big yeah. big big jerky is is the handle on most of them uh but we'll, we'll probably link them here in the in the notes for the podcast at some point my horses need their own tiktok that's what i should do <laughs> get your own, own horse tiktok magnum needs his own tiktok sky needs his own tiktok you know there's a lot of people that actually do tiktoks yeah. for their pets and they're wildly successful way more successful than you think of pet post should be but it happens oh yeah well, people love pets and i know friends love horses and i'm going to be doing uh and so you'll see them out there and you'll see one out there uh this morning uh which is the real estate skinny and it's kind of a play on words and uh you'll you'll see me uh uh, unkempt, unadulterated, uh, unshaven. Uh, you you will see the raw. Uh, uh, He's gonna have clothes on. Er, yes, I will. Yeah. Okay. He was, yeah. yeah, I don't know where he was going with that, but I yeah. was going to tell you right so, now. Where he's going to have so, And then you'll have to kind of go see what, uh, why it's, why it's called the the real estate skinny. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's my big New Year's revolution, if you will, which is to kind of get back on social media and keep trending out the information which we find so important. So, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, beyond that, um, what else? What else we got going on in business? Um, Selling some properties, selling some packages of properties. Um, I'm going to be rebuying some properties. Yeah. Uh, Lo- get, looking at the horse stuff, I was looking at some equestrian properties uh, just this morning. There's a nice one in Lee Summit I might go take a look at. And then, of course, there's several down in that Springfield area. And my husband keeps trying to pull me down there more and more. Well, and I, I've been, uh, I've been, as you well know, but our listeners don't, uh, I've been doing something that I wasn't really ever sure I was going to do, uh, which is dabbling in a little bit of property management, uh, which has been a, an interesting experience. Uh, uh, I've still got a lot to learn, um, but it's, uh, it's eye-opening, and it's, it's, uh, it's another aspect of housing that actually now at this point, uh, just kind of really wading into it, I'm really glad that I've done this because it just increases my general perspective, if you will, uh, of of how critical housing is. And, uh, you know, uh, when you talk to people that are ready to buy homes a lot, you, you forget that there's a long journey uh, for many of us, myself included back when I was younger, to be able to get to home ownership. Yeah, and with that, I want to talk about um, President Tracy Casper, president of NAR. Her goal for this year is ignite others. And you've heard us talk about It's Your Move a little bit. It's Your Move is a lot more intense than Ignite Others is. So Ignite Others is a scaled-down financial literacy program where realtors are going to be getting into mainly high schools, I think, but all across the nation could be boys and girls clubs, could be anything like that. And they're coming in to at least have one session to have some financial literacy and home ownership talks depending on the level. And so the goal of this is not to teach necessarily a whole semester, kind of like we did with It's Your Move um, a few times in different arenas. This is more like planting the seed. And so because what, what we found is that's that's challenging, right, to get in and do a whole semester um, of something. But the other thing is this is available online for people to look up, Ignite Others, there's lots of different resources for that. And of course, it's your move. If you've been on the fence about buying a home and you've been listening to us and you want to dig in a little bit more, um, we can send you that information as well. It's very, right. very practical knowledge. Yeah. It's your move is a, a four part course designed for high school juniors and seniors by um, Missouri uh, Realtors Association in conjunction with the Missouri Education Foundation. It is Desi certified, so it's the yeah, Department they of Education have certified, mm-hmm. so it can be taught in high schools for um, 
some type of credit. Yeah, it's accredited. Uh, and and and, uh, I, and and I've taught that. Um, and uh, so if you ever, uh, if any of our listeners out there have a group of younger people, probably high school age, again, maybe sophomores, but certainly juniors and seniors that need some education on real estate. Um, uh, you know, obviously we'll work schedules out, but, you know, I'm happy to come uh, teach that. That's uh, four, well, let's call them 90-minute sessions. Um, and then uh, the Ignite is more of a, a, a briefer Just seminar coming kind in, of thing. You know, yeah. Even if you want someone for, for one class. Yeah, and then uh, Jen and I would love to come because, again, we we've, are so very much dedicated to education and transparency in real estate. And, you know, the, these things talk about uh, – credit and they talk about um, uh, housing and I mean I can't tell you how many times I've taken young people and adults and said hey let me show you what compound interest does right let me show you what you know let, here let's make a real simple example of why this is important to you but we just want to be a resource for that yeah, and um, so. you know I, I had the honor of doing the Sedalia Realtors installation for their president Lisa Sell and her top thing is education yeah. like you know how every I'm an advocacy junkie uh, Eric's like <laughs> Eric's education and professional development kind of a thing but Lisa is gung-ho on education and making sure they're getting that to every corner of Sedalia and they'll be able to get that done a lot faster than we will up here because Sedalia's not quite as big as the city up here um, but her goal is to reach every corner and raise you know the the rising tide raises all ships and that's really her goal for Sedalia so it's pretty awesome to yeah. see all this education stuff um, hopefully it continues in the inertia of all of that shout out to Lisa to grow. Awesome. yeah good good yeah. job uh you know what? Uh, let's let's uh, f let's finish off with a topic of um, you know we mentioned all these organizations. We mentioned that they're important and education and everything. I don't know that we spend a lot of time talking about uh, specifically what we're doing in them. And and this not a resume thing, but I want you to mention you you are uh, uh, working in an, a national committee this year. You've been on them for several years, but. The one that you're doing this year sounds really cool. Why don't you tell our listeners about what you're doing at the NAR level this year? Yeah, I'll be on the Public Policy Coordinating Committee. So that's a lot of words. Um, I've been involved in a lot of the PAC stuff previous to now, but they moved me over to more public PAC policy. PAC is Political Action Committee. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Realtors Political Action Committee. I've been highly involved in that and the advocacy, which this is going to still be advocacy, but it moves me to a completely different lane. And so what's going to happen is um, I can't even name all the policy committees that we're going to uh, be a part of. Uh, but this committee oversees all of those other committees that report to it. And so um, the capital gains exclusion type of policies like you know, just all kinds of things. It was so interesting to go the first time. And if I uh, thought about it, I would have brought my sheet there. But we get so much information coming into these different committees uh, and just the government policy that can be affected by our lobbying efforts through this. And it's just going to be really exciting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it sounded really fantastic and when you were describing it to me and certainly right up your alley. So yeah, uh, thanks for representing us. Yeah. Uh, I, I myself am dabbling not at the national level, uh, but I am here at the local level, Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors. So I don't know, was it 13,000 members strong? Yep. And uh, I forget how many counties we are now. Um, but uh, I am uh, this year, I am the chairman of the Professional Development Committee. So, it's my so we're all going to be better people next year. <laughs> We're 
talking to be more professional. Yeah, all well, all thirteen thousand dollars, thirteen thousand of those realtors, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, fingers part, crossed. Part of that is 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 to provide education uh, uh, and uh, to increase professional standards. And uh, uh, I've been a part of that committee uh, for several years now, and uh, we're just we're kind of really doing some great things. This is really hard to outreach to thirteen thousand independent contractors. And that's the thing is, you yeah. know, there's always been a lot of great education available at Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors. The question is. Does your realtor take advantage of it? Yeah, absolutely, mm. and uh, uh, we definitely want to do that. So, <clears throat> let let's just let you, uh, our listener, whether you be a realtor, we know some realtors listen to this. Whether uh, you are uh, a um, buyer or seller of homes, uh, or or one of my personal friends that you know I bully into and say you have to listen to this. Uh, just just remember uh, to when because everybody knows realtors. You know. I told Eric I wasn't going to do this, and I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to let it go since this is coming out Uh-oh. before the meeting. And uh, I'm sorry, friends, and I hope you made it to the end of this podcast. But if you are a resident of Kansas City, Missouri, in any way, mm. shape, or form, you are a property owner, you are a renter, you are any of those things, and you live in the city of Kansas City, let me just tell you that Ordinance Twenty Three. 101019. Yes, I know the ordinance number. That's how vested I am in this. 231019. You need to go write your city council people and your mayor to vote no on this ordinance because it is dangerous for the city. And just to scratch the surface, it limits property providers' ability to credential people. Um, and the other thing that I'm very concerned about is currently the language is written to say buy or yeah. sell. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that affects every property owner in Kansas City, and they want to take this and tell you that it's just a source of income or it's just a Section 8. Let me just tell you, it is a lot bigger than that. So reach out to us if you have questions on that, and please check it out. Please write a letter. I decided to use my platform like that. Sorry. Opened up Pandora's box here. So let me just do a very brief kind of overview. Uh, If you go look that up, uh, the limited language that's trying to— The 22 pages. Well, but what people are trying to do, right, in terms of like like a social media explanation of those 22 pages somehow in two sentences. Oh, Lord, it's so much. Yeah. What they'll say is, is that this is to uh, keep landlords from discriminating against people who are using government vouchers for housing, which used to be called Section 8 vouchers. Okay, and and that, by the way, that idea on the face of it, I I think it has merit. I know the city. It can, is unconstitutional, but we do see where there needs to be yeah. an incentive. The city to council's looking at incentives. They're the, looking at requirements. The timetable. And other cities, a handful of other cities across the nation, five or six of them, have done something very similar. And, and they're being sued, but. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying there's there's some merit there. There's something that, that as realtors, we're not going, no, no, let's not talk about that. The problem is not that. We'd love to have that discussion and figure out a way that people that uh, are getting government assistance as part of their income uh, are discriminated against solely based on that, right? Uh, the problem is, is that the 21 and a half other pages encompass so much stuff, some of which is just ridiculously gray, some of which will probably drive property providers outside of the Kansas City city limits, which is going to be really bad for Kansas City. Um, and it'll uh, increase the cost because there's a lot more red tape and regulation. A lot more and a, a lot more risk, a lot more opportunity for litigation, et cetera, et cetera. $1,000 fine, six months jail time. Yeah. So 
Just giving you the highlights. Yeah, so that's why we're very concerned about it, not because conceptually we don't want to talk about making sure that that we respect people who need to use government-assisted vouchers. Of course we respect them, uh, and, and we should be talking about how we can make sure that they're not, you know, on the on the low end of the of of the um, I was about to use a phrase which is probably politically incorrect, so I got to think of something different to say. Um, uh, um, but you know, they're, they're not at the bottom of the chain in terms of well, if you've got this voucher, I'm going to put you at the bottom as a potential renter. I, I love that concept, right? Uh, as you all know, I'm very socially liberal. But, but this also needs to be uh, implemented in a very pragmatic way that doesn't drive investors. And in, by investors, we mean the people who are providing housing for those people who can't yet or don't want to buy housing. They can't afford it, don't want to, et cetera. Uh, I'd love to shift the conversation to home ownership with the city council. Yeah, yeah, and I've, yeah. I've pointed that out now, that are, multiple times. There are a couple of great things in there, right? So one of the one of the great things is, is that Kansas City is suggesting something we've been trying to do at a state level in Missouri. Yeah, so they have the LGBTQ plus protections yeah, in there. Absolutely. And we have been advocating for MONA, which is the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act, for about two decades in the Missouri State Legisla- Legislature yeah. now. Um, and, and Kansas City will have this and so I did applaud the city council when I testified that I was very excited that they had adopted something we've been lobbying for for two decades. But, but, um, it, but the other 20 pages, and <laughs> I'll, I'll give them two pages, Eric, uh, maybe <laughs> even three, actually, because I'm all about the compromise and talking about how we can make this correct. I know there's some people that aren't as pro-compromise as I am, but um, I want a, a workable solution. I want a win-win. And that was my testimony to the mayor as well, is that let us be part of the solution um, because this ordinance was drafted by KC tenants um, 100% outside of us and, and handed to somebody within the city council. And it is not legal, not lawful, uh, not right for business. Um, and quite frankly, it steps over into the city running your business. And I don't know how most business owners feel about the city running their business, but I don't think that they like it. Right. So so if you hear something around uh, a city ordinance... It will that, be heard on January 25th at City Hall. Not yeah. that you'll be able to testify, but please reach out before January 25th. That is the city council meeting it will be at. What, what they will... It'll be under the title of uh, uh, housing vouchers. And mm-hmm. well, I think it's source of income. Source of income. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's another phrase you'll hear when people are describing it, like if you see it in the news or whatever. And and we encourage you to to um, uh, certainly reach out um, uh, anybody who's talking about it, et cetera, and say, you know, there's a lot of things in there that are really bad ideas for our city. So uh, and certainly that's the way we feel about it. I'm really sorry I took that you extra Drag us minutes. into the muck. I said I wasn't <laughs> going to, and then I was like, I, honestly – I didn't want to talk about it because it's been it's it's made me so distraught that I'm yeah. like I didn't want to talk about it. But then I was like, I am doing our listeners a disservice if yeah, I do not give them on. this information. It's, so listeners, you have it, you have all of it, and you can reach out if you have more questions. All right. Well, you know, we'll 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 turn the tide a little bit and talk about the gloriousness of the new year. There's opportunity in front of us all. Uh, I hope you embrace it. I hope you've survived the holidays and maybe even thrived in the holidays. But now it's time to take a deep breath and, uh, uh, you know, uh, grab a hold of whatever you need to grab a hold of and go out and just tackle 2024 uh, and, 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 and take no prisoners and be awesome. And yeah, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're, You're right. right. Thanks, Henry Ford. That's right. Uh, so uh, 
take the bull by the horns this year. Right? Don't make any excuses. Uh, go out and get it done. I know it's the attitude I'm trying to take. And uh, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.